Hey, this is Emily. And Ashley. From Full Body Frights. And today, Emily will be talking about the unsolved murder mystery of Cindy James. And Ashley will be discussing the 1992 horror movie Candyman featuring Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd. So let's get into it. Okay, so in June of 1989, in Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, a body was found lying in the yard of an abandoned house. It was 44-year-old nurse named Cindy James. She had been drugged and strangled, and her hands and feet had been tied behind her back. So, um, this story is crazy because um, they have determined that they do not know how she died when it seems... At first, so obvious that it um, was a murder, especially when you get the story behind it. And a lot of people think that she was doing this to herself. So, let's get into the background of the story. Cindy James, like I said, she was a 44-year-old nurse. Um, She had graduated from nursing school in 1966, and she had also been married during this time, but the um, relationship ended in... July of 1982. So, um, at this point, a few months after the divorce, she started getting these weird phone calls and they were threatening and, or they would just be breathing and it was really creeping her out. So this is the first thing that happened to her in a string of incidences. Okay. So the, when did, when did the letters start? Um, well, the calls started first. And, um, during the next seven years, so I don't know at what point the letters started coming, but Mm. around the same time for the next seven years, she reported nearly a hundred incidents of harassment. And that included like, she was getting these creepy letters, which we'll put on our Instagram, which we'll be giving you the name of it later. (laughs) And, um, Her husband even received uh, this weird voicemail, which uh, you can listen to on her sister's website, Melanie Hack. Um, And she was violently attacked five times over that time period. A lot of times she was uh, found by a neighbor or on the side of the road with like a stocking around her neck. One time she was found with a stocking around her neck and a knife through her hand with a note. Um, And... All of this, so all this sounds like it, she's, you know, being harassed. Right. But she, so she goes to the police and the police do investigate for a long period of time and spent, I think at some point it was the most money they'd ever spent on any investigation in the Royal Canadian uh, Mounted Police. So, um, after a while they started thinking maybe she was doing it to herself because they noticed that um, 
when they were staked outside of her house, nothing would happen. And what I would say about that is, I mean, if you're stalking someone and you're really good at it, you're not going to know. Or you're going to know when the police are there and you're not going to do it then. Right? I mean. Well, see, and that what makes me think that maybe it was someone on the police force or had ties to a scanner or something that knew when the police were going to be there staking out. Well, I know that she had a relationship with someone on the police force for an extended amount of time, which some people have questions about. Maybe that had something to do with it. But she eventually she uh, hired a private investigator that would also kind of look after her. And um, this was after her neighbors had come and spent the night, and I think they set like, her basement on fire. But in like the break... The break-in in the basement window it was broken outwards like someone had been inside and broke out which was another reason they started thinking that maybe this was all just to get attention and stuff right um so then she uh hired a private investigator his name was ozzy i can't remember his last name right now but his name was ozzy and uh, what is it anyway um so he started kind of, you know, trying to find some stuff out. And um, on the th- January 30th of 84, he heard strange sounds coming over a two-way radio he had given her and went straight to her house. This is when um, she was found with the knife in her hand with a note. Um, in the hallway? Yeah. Okay. Um, she didn't know what's going on. She was taken to the hospital and... She recalled a needle going into her arm, but the police never took fingerprints from a suspect and there was no independent corroboration. So, um, at this time, she would sometimes have people, like the police officers that were like kind of bodyguarding her and nothing would happen. But then again, I just think that obviously, like when they know you're being, like people are surveying your house, like they're not going to come around and harass you probably. Right. But, she did tell her parents that they knew something was going on and um, they would ask her and she uh, was afraid that these people would kill her family if she talked about it. Um, then a few, like a little bit before death, they committed her, or her doctor committed her to a psych- psychiatric ward um, because she was getting, I mean, she was really depressed at this point because she's been harassed for seven years and dead cats put in her yard and stuff like that so um cindy jane okay so cindy was in the hospital for about 10 weeks and when she came home she apparently told her dad um, that she did know more than she was saying and she was going to go after the perpetrator for herself so then right after that she disappeared on may 25th 1989 um this is six years and seven months after the first threatening phone call. So this has been like almost a decade. Um, her car was found in a parking lot. There were her groceries and there was blood on the driver's side door. So I feel like that's another indication that it's not a suicide because who goes and buys groceries and then commits suicide? Like, where do yeah. you need the food for? So. Right. So, okay, go ahead. So, Two weeks after her, after she went missing, they found her car. The body of Cindy James was found at an abandoned house, like outside of an abandoned house. 
It looked like she had been brutally murdered. Her hands and feet were bound together behind her back, so she was hogtied. A black nylon stocking was tied tightly around her neck. However, the autopsy showed that she did not die um, from strangulation. She died from an injection of morphine into her arm. Um, so she was hogtied, and she was injected with a really heavy, heavy drug. And people that think she committed suicide think that she tied a rope or like a nylon pantyhose around her head. She injected herself with morphine, and then she had time to hog tie herself, which is that's when you tie your arms and legs behind your back. So they think that she would have had time to do it. I feel like you would be feeling the morphine before you could do that. Well, didn't they bring in an expert and said that she could have done that? Yeah, later on they um, had a, I guess they had some kind of um, trial to determine whether or not she was murdered or it was a suicide. It came out to be undetermined. No, like no one could decide. The, there was a jury they couldn't decide um, because they they had a they did have a guy that came in as a witness, an expert witness, and he was an expert nodder. <laughs> he was a nod at making. He was a knot at making experts. <laughs> um, he was an expert at tying knots. And he said, that, uh, there was a doctor that said about, this is about how much time it, she, it would take before she was completely incapacitated from injecting this in her arm because it's different than taking it in pill form. Mm-hmm. So he said, you had this amount of time and the ex, the knot expert was allowed to, was not allowed. He um, was able to tie the knots in that amount of time. However, she was not a knot expert. So, well, did he demonstrate for them how yeah. to do it? So, but he didn't have any drugs in his system. So, no, he didn't course. have any drugs in his system. They were even hitting him, but they were like, he. They had someone tell him about how long he had before he was. If you inject morphine, about how long he would have until he started feeling it, and he was going to see if he could tie the knots in that amount of time. Well, how did they even know that it? really took it that long for her to feel they don't, the effects. They don't. They so, wouldn't exactly. know. And also, he's he's a non-expert. She's not. Like, of course, uh, he would be able to tie a knot. That's, if, if you're an expert, isn't it like a, your job or something? I mean, like, he probably does it as... Clearly, he's going into court and talking about it, so he does it for a living. Yeah. I don't think she was sitting there, like, hog-tying herself every night, like, practicing for the big day when she buys groceries for herself and then kills herself. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like who would want to waste money on groceries? <laughs> what are you gonna? Who are, who are you feeding? Like you think you're gonna like your ghost is gonna come up and be hungry? I mean, like no. And so, they were left in her car for two weeks yeah. before they even found her. So well, they probably took them out of the car. I would assume well, they found naturally. her two weeks after they found the car. Oh, oh <laughs> so okay. they probably like took them out <laughs> and did put them in some kind of evidence. I don't know. I thought I they found her and the car two weeks later. No, they found the car and then they found her two weeks later. And then it, so she initially wasn't killed at the site. She, her body she was, was dumped. dumped there. Yeah, or they could have taken her there and done it. I mean, whoever did it, or she could have done it to herself. But she I mean, was found in a ditch. I don't really see her. I don't really see someone committing that type of crime out in the open. Well, it was like kind of out. Like you couldn't have seen it from the. Well, I'm just saying because it's like outside, like any, well, yeah. you know, anybody at any given time. It just doesn't have... make sense to go that far out to kill yourself. I mean, like, what does she care that they 
now know she was depressed and she killed herself. If that was what was happening, why would she just do it normally? Why would she like go through the trouble of injecting herself with mor- morphine, which she could have not OD'd on, and then hogtied herself and just like lay there for two weeks? Like I mean, that doesn't make any sense. If you're going to if you're going to commit suicide with the injection of morphine, okay, and then take it a next step and hog tie yourself. Oh, and also like wrap the nylon oh, around yeah. your neck too. Like, and just, and also like, so what if she did, like I, she did die, I think pretty fast. She owed, overdosed, but what if she hadn't and she was just laying her there for two weeks? I mean, I think a killer would have like made sure she was dead. Well, and you know, with them doing an autopsy, they can really determine her time of death. If it was like it, well, of course it was almost like well it's hard after two weeks yeah but they could also determine if she was tortured i know that i don't really want to get into all the forensic and all of that crap but i i do know that they can do an autopsy and figure out if she was tortured if she had blood force i don't think she did there wasn't any of that really um but it just it, it was it looked like she was strangled at first because mm-hmm. of the nylon, which that's what you would assume, and she probably and they probably she probably was like there were probably bruises on her neck and stuff, but then they found out later that it was because they found the needles around her body and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just isn't is it? I what I think is that <clears throat> her ex husband was a doctor, and he apparently. In one of the books I read about her, he was a doc. He would go overseas and do some work, and some of the work was not like there were things going on around them that were aren't the most legal things in the world. Like, I think she saw something on that trip. I don't think her husband did it, but or her ex husband. But I think that she saw something that she wasn't supposed to see, and that's they and they harassed her and stalked her and killed her eventually well see i initially thought it was her husband because of that fact that she did see something and he was like oh i have to hush her up and then some folks think oh she was doing it to herself because he got that voicemail and the voicemail does sound i mean there are there are things if you i would highly recommend the two paperback books that have come out but they're really hard to find so the husband got these uh voicemails that you can listen to on her sister's website um Melanie Hack, if you look up at her in Google, uh, Melanie Hack and Cindy James, it'll come up. But uh, there are examples of the letters that she received and also this one voicemail that was left on her ex-husband's voicemail that says, Cindy dead meat soon, and it's really creepy. But it does sound like a woman trying to sound like a man. So that's another thing that went towards them thinking that she was doing it to herself. There are a lot, actually a lot of things that lean towards her doing it to herself that's like because i remember reading those books and not the whole time i was like going back and forth like but that yeah i mean like all in all it doesn't make sense that she would commit suicide but like there are definitely some like really weird things about it that would i can see why people were like not believing her well i was thinking that my theory is maybe Cindy did leave him that voicemail trying to scare him because she's thinking at first she's thinking it's her ex-husband as well and she's like okay he's going to scare me so let me scare him type of deal it could be and you know what I don't know what the time period was that that voicemail was received but Mm -hmm. I don't think that I think that it for some reason I feel like I think it was at a point that it they didn't have a bad relationship 
So, and I, I do think they still talked and stuff, but you know that that's not even her name, her real name, because she had it changed. But she and she painted her house and she painted her, or she moved and she painted her car. Mm-hmm. Like this girl, this woman, like I feel like honestly. After seven years, I would hope that they would go ahead and just kill me or, or like, uh, commit suicide. Because, I mean, the stuff they did to her were, like, or even if she was doing it to herself, I wouldn't want to live like that for seven years. Like, harassing, just, har- even harassing myself. Like I just, I really don't see someone doing that for to themselves for seven years. But it's also kind of hard to believe that someone would do that to someone for seven years. You know, why not just kill her? Because that, that's going really extreme. Like, you're spending your whole life. Well, they did what they this. accomplished to make her seem crazy. And I think that's what they were doing is trying to make her seem crazy. It just so. seems like an odd end, like a, an odd and long way to go about something. Like you could scare her to death by doing it for one year. I mean, this seven years is a long time to well, be operating. That they way. apparently had all the time. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what his job was or her job. Probably just that. They probably like had a hit list, and it or was someone make... was paying them to do the job. If it was probably. like if they if she saw something or something like that in Mexico, then there are people that will pay someone to stalk someone for seven years. I mean, it could it's probably yeah. a pretty cushy job. Yeah. Like I mean, because he didn't have to do anything like every single night. Yeah, I mean, over seven years, she was only only brutally attacked five times. So. I mean, oh, yeah, they were probably like, they're probably like, we need some action, like, do something. <laughs> like, like boo. Well. Yeah. I mean, you just have to call someone a couple times a week and breathe. And then you just, you just gotta <laughs> attack them five times. And, but, you know, okay, he did, they did leave cat. I say he, it was, could have been a she. It probably was with that voicemail, but she, whoever it was, left dead cats in her, she, like, I think they, they were her cats that, they like killed and left in her yard Mm -hmm. that part no you can't pay me to do that but I mean maybe like just harass someone for seven years like they probably made pretty good money that yeah not a nine to five but then again at the end you know there's death and bodily harm so yeah we do have to take that into consideration I guess I wouldn't do it now that I think about it but maybe I would do some of the harassment like for like about whatever ten thousand dollars a day for you just call you paying me to call somebody. I don't oh, care. For okay. seven years, yeah. And like <laughs> just breathing the phone. Like yeah, it, yeah I'll do that. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, in twenty twenty, we can't get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably maybe people are calling me all the time. I don't know who they are. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that you could figure it out if you really wanted to. We could we could figure probably. that out. The police could figure that out. I probably really wouldn't like worry about. I mean, if someone was just calling and breathing, I don't think I'd call. I don't think I'd investigate. It'd be like, okay, you're annoying, and just block their number. Yeah, yeah, because everyone has that function now. But you know, after so long, I probably just start breathing back. <laughs> this is what's fun. up. What's up? <laughs> um, okay, so you have anything else you want to say about Cindy James? I think we've pretty much. Yeah, we pretty much covered it. Yes, so, okay, so we'll be moving on to 1992's Candyman. That's the movie that Ashley's going to be talking about, so go for it. Okay, so I know most of you have seen it, but here's a quick summary from IMDb. (laughs) Okay, so 
The Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Okay, so the first movie... So you want to say your review first? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I wasn't. I was going to talk about... (laughs) Yeah, I heard you clearly. No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I initially got the first and second movie mixed up, but... For clarification, the first movie is about this woman who obviously is a grad student or whatever, and she goes to, um, what is the name of the place again? Uh, Cabrini Green Projects. Yeah, I cannot say that. She's studying, um, like, urban legends. Yeah, but I can't, for some reason I cannot <laughs> say that name. It always comes out messed up. Cabrini Green? Cabrini Green. Cabrini? Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green. Okay, so she goes to the projects and she's over here trying to figure out some information about Candyman and then she accidentally sends him and he goes around and starts killing people and basically framing her for the murders. That's basically the movie. Does she summon him? She summons him at the beginning. She has her friend that's like working with her over, right? Mm-hmm. And they and they she does it in the bathroom like that night and then the next day is when all the stuff starts happening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and just little just little things just start happening, but she she thinks she's basically losing her mind, but the first time she initially meets him is in the garage, oh, remember? God, creepy. And yes. he says her name and then she oh God, his voice like It's either you're either you're, you're either thinking it's sexy or creepy because it does have a sexy Listen, I t- I'm telling you he's a good guy in the remake of Out of the Living Dead and he sounds sexy. No, mm-mm. like I can't even like in Final Destination when he talks, it creeps me out. I hear his voice and like I get chills and I start freaking out and like my anxiety goes up. There's something about that man's voice that freaks me out. Yeah, that's some kind of past trauma or something because I don't get it. I mean, it's I, creepy in the in the context of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I was six when I first watched. So this probably so. that's probably what it was. And I mean, in that in. Katie Mann set the empty tone for me to love horror movies. Yeah, really? It was the first, it was the one? Yeah, Candy Man. So you saw it before Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Huh, okay. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been as big of a horror fan if I had seen this first. I was six. <laughs> I know, but I saw The Exorcist when I was like six. I mean, The Exorcist sucked, like, Texas. But... but you weren't, you, you were not six when you saw it. <laughs> True. That's okay, like that's... <laughs> <laughs> like when you're like six or seven and you see that you're like what what the hell well, or like Texas Chainsaw Massacre I saw that like really young and like uh, I spent on your grave and I don't know what my dad was thinking let me rent those but okay. I mean the what Shining. was my mom thinking let me watch that at six like any horror movie like <laughs> I that I mean it terrified my me my dad liked it he wanted everything. he wanted like he would like he would say things about even just like dramas that were like had a lot of cussing River's Edge was one of them. He would get me to watch him by being like, they cuss a lot. I don't think I should let you watch this. And then, of course, I'd want to watch it. So that's how he got me to do it, by <laughs> lying to me. You know, my mom didn't have any reservations at all. No, I was I like, mean, Candy Man, I was going to be about candy. And, she, and then, like, I remember Oh, she her, for real thought that? No, but that's what I was thinking. Oh. And then, like, because I remember being in her bedroom, and then she was like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> cool. Let's have fun. And then, like, I, I didn't leave her bed. Like, I came back in there and I was like, I'm scared. No, and my mom, and my mom wouldn't watch him. She's too afraid. Like, he, the, the changeling scared her. So, it's okay. 
I don't even remember that movie, so I'm... Well, The Haunting kill, uh, also terrified her. The Haunting, there's like so many... The original, I... like, oh, 60s okay. one, yeah. So, so, my dad loves, my dad loves them, so he, like, was always into, but my mom doesn't really care, she's just like, whatever, I don't want to watch it, I'll just go do something else. I don't understand the anxiety, the, the anxiety that comes from horror movies, why people can't do them. I love it, I love that feeling, I love getting scared and getting all worked up and then being let down. But, I told, like, I mean, what we were talking about earlier, before we recorded, was that I don't like, there are certain types of anxiety in horror movies, and in any kind of movie, that bother me. Like, this, and this is an example, and this is, I think, why I don't really like the movie very much. Because I don't like that she keeps getting framed for all this (laughs) stuff. Like, I'm just, it makes me so anxious through the whole movie. I'm like, oh my god, she didn't do it. And then she... Like, what she get for it? She just burned like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, she saved she a baby, baby, but I mean, she oh. didn't know, even know that baby. And <laughs> she's like, and also now they think she's Candyman. Like, they were not throwing that hook in her, in her uh, grave nicely. They were calling her Candyman. I, I felt like they were paying respect to her. Oh, I didn't at you all. You didn't? No. Because she saved the baby. I thought they were... I don't think they cared. I think they were like, I guess thanks, but also, like, you're Candyman now. No, because he kind of, like, didn't... He passed it over to her when he did the... Like, the bees coming out of her mouth. Wasn't that kind of like a passing of the torch? I, I guess if you want to look at that way. Because near the end, she's acting... I mean, she's, like, got kind of her wits about her, but she also seems, like, a little bit, like, possessed or, like, I mean, she went crazy. Like, not a straight up. Well, clearly, yeah. It's kind of like when Will gets possessed in second season of Stranger Things. Like, he doesn't always seem like he's... Right. It's like, sometimes you can see a little bit of him left. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the thing takes over. Yes. Th- that's how I kind of feel about it's Season two, happening. but whatever. We'll, we'll just I said season with... two. I said season two. I heard season three. I said season two. I swear <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> But, okay, so, um, I kind of talked about what I think about it while you were talking about it. Um, <clears throat> I think the setting of Cabrini Green Projects is probably one of the creepiest sets of any horror movie. I love it. And I usually don't like, ur- um, like, uh, urban settings in horror movies. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of, like, New York and, like, the gritty and the dark and that whole feel. But this really worked. However, I don't think they used it well enough or enough at all okay because i mean they have that bathroom scene that's really creepy too that's part of the it's like the bathroom in the carbonating projects right Uh, Mm -hmm. it says i just not used enough and then the whole storyline of no one believing her and she's committing all these horrible murders is i just it makes me super anxious and i don't get enough tony todd in it either well i say that's good but see, I think it would be creepier and better. Um, well, the second one, you really do. And the second one, really... But the second one is not very good. I mean, you get the story, but it's like... You get the backstory, but you also get more of Tony Todd. You do. So, I mean... I was about to say, maybe he's no good, because he's only in really small roles in movies <laughs> and when, it's when they're good. But he is good in, in the remake of Night of the Living Dead, so... Um, Tony Todd, I love you, and I don't think you've ever done it like Ken Foray. <laughs> I mean, he's in every movie. He He's in every damn movie ever. It's just like, he has to be in a movie. It's like, why are you in every movie, Ken? Okay? Like, Dawn of the Dead, it was really good. You don't have to be in every movie. 
Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit there. Huh? Uh, you'll hear more about that later. Not tonight, but another podcast, what we do, Dawn of the Dead. But, um, so yeah, I like, I will watch it. I'm okay with watching it every couple of years, but it's not a movie that I find rewatchable. There, there are not a whole lot of movies that I think are totally, like, really rewatchable. Like, well, I mean... You got the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 3, and 4. The Shining's rewatchable. They're, they're, those kind of have... The original Shining. I mean, all the Friday the 13th have really good rewatchability. Well, the first... Mm, like, the first seven. That's questionable. The first seven. That's questionable. No, well, not to me. <laughs> that's questionable. But, I mean, this movie doesn't have rewatchability for me. Uh, there are... There's definitely... It's a... It's well directed. It, the cinematography is really great. Um... There are really creepy moments. There's really good, like, setting. But something just, it doesn't click with me. Well, maybe if you watched it at night by yourself. Because when you watched it, we talked. Well, that's not going to scare me, though. That's all mystery I mean, scares me. But I'm I mean, because that's, like, real. Yeah, exactly. But, I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. There's something that, I think it, there's an element of fun that I like in my movies because I'm really big into 80s slashers. Mm-hmm. there's like an element of fun that I really like to have in a horror movie and it's not there at all okay so you have your mine is I I think the reason why I really like it is because of the psychological part of it I, yeah, but I think other movies do that better I like mean, session 9 is a this good, was like, in the 90s come on but now. I mean for the set yeah well that means it should have been better <laughs> No, they were still working out the king. Jacob's Ladder was a great psychological The original movie from, one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, Session 9 came out later with a equally creepy setting, the abandoned insane asylum. And it's, I, it's, I don't think I've seen that one. It's real creepy. You should see it. You'd like it. It's psychological. I just, <laughs> I, that's what I like in my horror movies is the psychological ones. I like the movies that really get into people's head because... Yeah. You know. And see, I like ones where they go to camp and have sex <laughs> and like do dumb things, and there's like really horrible dialogue for me to laugh at, and they're like over the top murders, and that is ever. Like, I mean, who doesn't love the campy eighty horrors? Like, they're well, a lot of people, but I mean, really? I dig, I dig pretty deep into the into the bowels of crappy eighties horror, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, because you do know a whole lot about like about the really it, bad ones. Yeah, yeah. So. Why don't we move on to, uh, do you want to do some, like, fun facts about Candyman? Yeah, well, I have one. Uh, Vanessa Williams, the mother of the baby. Not Vanessa Williams, the singer. Yes, not Vanessa Williams, the singer. That's what I was going to point out. She is the mother of the baby that was kidnapped by Candyman. Yeah, and she's not the singer. Yeah, because she was like, oh, Vanessa I was like, Williams. She, and yeah, actually told me that when we were watching, I was like, that is not Vanessa Williams' girl. Like, what? Yeah, Did like, she get a face a transplant? Like, <laughs> it's a different one. She, she's been in other movies, too, but I'm not really too sure if she's been in horror movies, but I know that she was in, um, what is that movie, Big Mama? Big Mama's House? Is that what it is, where the mom... Martin Lawrence? No. It's... I can't think of it. Boys and Men sang the song for it. Oh my god, it was a good song. Um, the Big Mama died. Big, they called her Big Mama and she died. But anyways, Vanessa Williams <laughs> was in that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll look it up. We'll, we'll tell y'all later. <laughs> I'm like, You're Dr. Doolittle? Like, wait, what was the Eddie Murphy one where he wore a fat suit? 
Um, no, what the clunts or something like that. Yeah, it was like clunts that. or something like that. It's not Medea, is it? Medea? Medea. Oh my God, Emily. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I don't want... <laughs> I'm like, I just don't understand how you make that many movies about that. I don't know. What about? About an old man, a man dressed as an old woman making jokes. I mean, I guess. I probably would like time. it if I watched I don't know. it. I don't know. Clearly, I don't even know how to say her name, so. Uh, what, the movie I'm talking about? No, I couldn't say Medea. Oh. I knew, oh, you've I, never as, seen it? No, it's, no, I, no, I've never seen any of them. Oh. I knew as soon as it came out of my mouth, though, that it was Medea, and I was like, oh, yep, I'm about to say this wrong. But while you're looking that up, uh, I was going to talk about the bees. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot, there are a lot of bees in this movie, and they're used, they're <laughs> used really well. Um, and so, like, a lot of people ask if those were real bees. So, they were. Um, apparently, Tony Todd was stung by bees 23 times during the space of the Candyman trilogy. So, in all three, he was stung that many times. That oh, okay. Like, yeah. Um, but they were, the bees were bred specifically for this movie. Oh. They needed to make sure the bees were only 12 hours old so that they looked like mature bees, but their stinger wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real damage. So, and he negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every beasting he suffered during filming. And of this one, well, I guess it, says, it still says 23 times, so probably over the course of the three. But IMDb can be, can have some iffy, iffy information on. Like, people just put in random things that they want to say. Okay. Okay. So the movie Vanessa Williams was in Soul Food. I cannot believe Soul Food. Okay, I've I never seen it, but the name. Okay, let's see. So, <clears throat> oh, another thing with the bees. <laughs> These bees. Okay, so Virginia Madsen, who is the you know main main woman, main Character. lady, mm-hmm. not a hero. I'm just. I mean, besides the baby. Not a hero. I don't know why you don't think she's a hero. Because she, she took one for the team. I guess. But she's not your typical final girl is what I meant to say. Like she oh, okay. dies. So like usually the girl like usually the girl doesn't die at the end. Okay. So she had to get up close and personal with the bees. A fact that almost forced her to pass on the role. So she didn't want to work with the bees. So she had to work with the hypnotist. And at some point um, she had a trigger word, I, I guess, when Candyman showed up. Um, but they had a bee wrangler, and he like told us you can't freak out around the bees or be nervous or swat them. Um, and she talks about them using baby bees on her. So I guess um, they. It, she said they can still sing you, but it's less likely. Um, but she said it felt really weird. So they they did use um, real bees, bees. Yeah, yeah, which is. Crazy. I, yeah, I knew that they used real bees. I just don't because, like I said, the first time I watched it again, all the way through, was here with Emily. So, because it really did scare the crap out of me, and every time I tried to watch it, I freaked out and had to turn it off. Listen, Eddie Murphy was originally wanted; to, uh, he was considered for the Candyman role. Can you imagine if that was Eddie Murphy and not Tony Todd? I wonder if he could have done it. No, he couldn't have done it. You don't think so? No, I don't. I I don't think I. He's only like five nine. Also, Tony Dodd's like six Six four five six five. Like six something. Yeah. 
He's no, I wouldn't be afraid of uh, Eddie Murphy walking towards me with a hook. Or, uh, no. I think I would be scared of anyone with a hook walking towards me. Yeah, but I mean, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> like, so, um. Well, I do want to say the reason why I did pick this is because I want, for one, I wanted to get over my fear of the movie. And then for two, um, Candyman is coming back out in 2021. Oh, yeah. Right. So, and I wanted to. Do they know who's starring it or anything? Last I heard, Tony Todd was supposed to be. Oh, well, I know he's role. supposed to be in it, but I wonder mm-hmm. if there's like. Um, Vanessa Williams is coming back. Oh, girl. Hey. Uh, Vir- Virginia's coming back. Oh, okay. Well, well, is it just a reboot or? I'm, I don't know. Mm. It's not. Hmm. Let's see. Let me go ahead and read for the 2021. You know, I'm From trying to I, figure out, too, if Candyman was, like, because you were talking about, I think Candyman was not in, it was based on a short story by Clive Barker, but I'm pretty sure that they got Candyman. From Bloody Mary? From Bloody, Mur- Ma- Bloody Murray. Bloody <laughs> Mary. Yeah, because, yeah, he first, he, it says he first appears in the short story, The Forbidden, by Clive Barker. So, yeah, I don't think he existed before 85. So not he, he existed before 92, but only in book form. Okay. So the producer, which I think I will For the like. New one? Yeah. I think I will like this. And this is another reason why I wanted to watch it. It's because it's going to be Jordan Peele. Oh. Well, have you seen it develop yet? I haven't. but No, I haven't. But I didn't like Us. I liked Get Out a lot. I like Get Out and Us. His movies really make me think. And then, like, I mean, it's going down that does. rabbit hole on us. Yeah. I was like going deeper and deeper, and I was like, okay, I get it. I get. I just it. hope he doesn't keep doing the same thing because it doesn't seem to be like he's gonna have to change something up with his approach. Because I watched his Twilight Zone show too. The I week. have not. I want to. It, it's. Mm. It's okay. So the new. Candyman coming out in 2021. Okay, from IMDb says in present day, a decade after the last of Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the new gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an older old timer exposes Anthony to be to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macaray details in his studio as a fresh fresh dressed for paintings he and only opens a door to a complex <laughs> past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence i wonder how they bring uh, virginia madsen back i don't know maybe There's... as candy man or like his associate his like he has like a power team now mm, i don't know well we'll see i guess and three years when it actually comes out <laughs> even though it says 2021. 2021 right i wonder if they even started the movie because you well, know how right. they, yeah. they're in pre-production i'm sure i bet it won't come out in 2021 with everything that's going on who yeah. knows i mean there is supposed to be a trailer for it i don't know if this is an old trailer it's probably from- a teaser <clears throat> because with terror i terrifier they it was supposed to come out this like this month mm-hmm. and they had a whole trailer like that was like clearly the whole movie had been filmed and it's they're having to push it back i think so i don't know but anyway so that concludes our first episode of 
full body frights. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the first movie, Candyman, and I really I like the second one better because it goes back. You do to, like the second one? Yeah, I like the second one better because it, it goes back into the origin of how he became Candyman and the reason why. Well. We'll do that in the future. Yeah, so that's yeah. going to be a later date because I have way more to talk about on that one. And you have to of... watch it again. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think I need to because <laughs> well, that is still should. fresh. But we watched them before we do the podcast, so we'll watch it again. <sighs> yeah, you're going to watch it again. <laughs> like, that's part of your research for Okay, for well, the you know, Tony Todd, <laughs> if you do hear this, I'm taking one for the team. Okay, and Tony Todd, if you're listening, <laughs> cool. That's random, but also <laughs> hit us up at Friday. Friday, <laughs> I want to say Friday night, huh? Fridays. I don't know why it's not Friday. Friday. <laughs> well, it is, but not when we're putting it out. So okay, <laughs> forget it. You can uh, even if you're not Tony Todd, you can email us <laughs> at fullbodyfrights at gmail.com with any feedback or questions that you have. Um, you can also visit us um, on our Facebook page, Scary, Scary Movies, Movies All, all Night, night Long. long. Mm-hmm. So, and we do really cool things over there. We give uh, we have trivia contests and we give prize bags out, which um, in my opinion are really good because <laughs> I put them together. So... Um, and you you can also follow our Instagram. It's um, just Friday Night Frights, all in lower caps. So email Full body us. frights. What? Full body frights. Did I say Friday Night Frights again? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's full body, fri- full body frights, uh, all lower caps. Full body frights at gmail.com. Not Friday, okay? <laughs> this is not, I feel like it's like football time. I'm like, no, I don't even like football. <laughs> but, um, okay, so... We will see you in about two weeks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I was going to say thank you for listening, but then I noticed you were going to (laughs) stop. Bye, guys. (laughs)